Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. It is episode, I think, 37 of the Keegan Odyssey. We're probably about halfway there now. Seems right. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of thought this would have tailed off a little bit after the high points of Newcastle and England. I thought mm. they would be the, the real notable um, segments of Kev's career, but we're at Manchester City now and... Fuck me, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. He wasn't there for very long, but it was almost like... It was like Keegan doing his greatest hits, I think, the Manchester City period. You know, he's he's, he's doing a comeback tour and he's trotting out all the greatest hits for everyone yeah. in a short space of time for maximum impact. I'm um, going to do all the double K special turns, just mm-hmm. the fans' favourites, meltdowns. <laughs> Spending money, wasting money on players no one's heard of. Promotion. While attacking football, poor defending. So, um, yeah, his chairman is David Bernstein. And there's a bit of conflict between Kevin Bernstein because um, when Kev takes over, Bernstein says, if they get promoted to the Premier League, he says, that'll be the fifth season in a row we've either gone up or gone down. He says, I'd like to stay in the same division for two years rather than yo-yoing all the time. And Kev says that Bernstein wanted consolidation and just to stay up. Kev says, if that was a sum of his ambitions, it would have been better to give me a two-year contract from the start with instructions to get the team promoted, keep them there, take a bonus and walk away. And then fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Do all the glory and then fuck off. Uh, in helicopter. As it was, I had a five-year contract and I wanted to take the club higher and higher. Woo! Through the stratosphere and beyond, who yeah. knows what lies out there? It's impossible <laughs> to say. But it would be arrogant of us humans to assume that we're the only living creatures in God's galaxies <laughs> and universes. I've been in touch with Richard Branson and we plan to put a team on the moon. <laughs> um, I didn't like the word consolidation. I tried to explain to David, if we started thinking that way, other teams would jump ahead of us. So we signed Nicholas and Elka. Way! <laughs> Nicholas and Elka is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the best Premier League striker of all time. <laughs> Simply because, unlike his rivals for that title, he did it again and again yeah. at all different clubs, big and small. Yeah. Mm. But he did it at a lot of clubs because a lot of clubs wanted rid of him fairly quickly after they realised what a prick he was. Yeah, but and what, I'm not what saying is the agent was Claude, I'm not, his brother. I'm not saying he is the Premier League's most likable or charismatic striker <laughs> ever. I'm saying if you look at the goals that he scored, everywhere from Arsenal to Bolton to Chelsea, yeah. he turned up, he did his job. Then fair enough, he fu- he fucked off usually for personal reasons, for yeah. personal volatility. Uh, but then wherever he turned up, he would always, if you paid your money, he would, for a season or two, get you 20 goals plus. 
Yeah. And that, I can't think of any other player who's done that so many different teams. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, he could but get But I in think that. because of his sulky attitude uh, and, you know, the, the stories surrounding him and his brother and how yeah. difficult they were, people will never mention him in the same breath as your Alan Shearer's, your Thierry Henry's, mm. your um, Kevin Beatty's. Yeah. Your, mm. da- your Darren Bent's, your Marcus Bent's. Hello, Darren Bent did it. Did- a similar thing. He did the business for quite a few clubs as well, didn't he? He got moved on Darren quite a lot. He did it. He, uh, Charlton, Spurs, Sunderland, banged a lot of goals in each of them. Villa, not so much at I, Villa. I, th- I think at Charlton and Sunderland he scored a lot of goals. I'm not sure so much at Villa oh. and um, yeah, he didn't at Villa. He definitely didn't at Villa because Sunderland fans relished watching him uh, fail after demanding yeah. a move from us. But you know, fuck him. Um, yeah, and Elka. Well, and let's it, just agree that it's a toss-up between Nicholas and Elka and Darren Bent okay. for the best ever Premier we'll, we'll League striker. It a draw. I'm looking yeah. at Anelka's Wikipedia just to try and back them stats up, and you're you're right as well. Twenty-three and sixty-five for Arsenal. Uh, he had that loan period at Liverpool. He only got four and twenty, but you know that's excusable. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a loan period. Th- he probably wasn't being picked every week. Thirty-seven and eighty-nine at Manchester City. Uh, 21 and 53 at Bolton I don't really remember much about either of those periods I, I can't envisage him in a City shirt scoring goals I can't visualise it um, Chelsea well, try Andy try I'll try shut my eyes let's have a quick yeah. pause in yeah. the podcast uh, yeah yeah there it is I've got it I've got yeah. it good Chelsea 38 in 125 that's pretty good mm. so yeah he, he, he did alright but um, I don't know what he's up to now but he did say um a few years ago, he would like to work in the film industry because he has a friend in the business. That oh. could mean anything. That could that could be quite seedy and unsavoury. He says, I, have, I, I want have... to work in the adult film business now. I have finished my <laughs> role as the Premier League's greatest ever goal scorer. And now I am very interested in appearing in the sexy flicks. <laughs> I'm going to change my name to Dickless Anelka. <laughs> <laughs> That is not dickless. I have a dick. My dick will be in the movies. It will be centre stage. It will all be about my dick. I have a and dick. Let me, te- let me tell you something, my friend. It will be the best dick you have ever seen. It will, it will, it will score goals in many, many different locations, <laughs> like in my playing <laughs> career. <laughs> Bing bong bang, as we say in France when we score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Beef buff baff. He says That's I'm, what that's what a hat trick's called in French. Biff buff baff. It's called a biff buff baff. Oh really? <laughs> nah. No. Oh, I'd love it if it was, please. Yeah. Biff buff baff. <laughs> the perfect hat trick, left foot, right foot head. Biff buff baff. He is. It is a biff buff baff. It has only been done by Jean Pierre Papin <laughs> and uh David Jean Allard in all of these years. <laughs> He, says, he talks about this friend he's got as a producer. He recently did Asterix. It's already agreed I'm going to do other films. It helps to know actors and producers. It's different to football, and it's something I enjoy very much because there's no ball. <laughs> right, okay. What? There's no ball. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I like pretending to be somebody else. It's fun. Well, you know, who, who doesn't? Kev yeah. certainly does with the disguises. Yeah, I mean, you're in good company. With the, you're right. It is fun, isn't it, Nicholas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why he signed him, because of a mutual love of dressing up, isn't it? Yeah. That's what he's got him in for. 
Um, Anelka cost 13 million for, from PSG. Everyone advised me to steer clear of him. And I lost count of the number of people who warned us he would be difficult and said his brother Claude, who doubled up as his advisor, was a nightmare to deal with. Um, and I think that pretty much uh, that worked out as he expected as well. Um, he was a Ferrari of a footballer, he says, which is nice. Um, yeah, but then he says, uh, it would be stretching the truth, though, if I said that I found Nicholas easy to understand. He kept <laughs> talking about Biff Bap Off and dressing up. It was up. all Biff Bap Off this and, and pling, plang, plong that. <laughs> Made no sense. It's like listening to one of the clangers. And he ate different cheeses to all the rest of the squad as well. He'd bring all these French cheeses in. Oh, they stank. They really did. He was a divisive character who didn't always endear himself to the other players or help foster a spirit of togetherness. You don't think you're going to get that with an elegant thing. You don't think you're going to get a spirit of togetherness. No. Uh, if training started at 10.30am, the players would usually go out at 20 past to have a chat and do some stretches. Nicholas would prefer to stand in the doorway by himself. <laughs> <laughs> I stand in this doorway now. Yeah, I will face the wall. I will not look at anybody or speak to anybody. He would wait and wait and wait. And finally, when it reached 10.29am, he would walk out alone. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Dramatic. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's how I intend to behave at our live shows. <laughs> yeah, fuck, forgot about them. Um, should get around to writing them. Uh, there were players he wouldn't even acknowledge, not even basic pleasantries. And that was always going to cause problems. <laughs> Put the hand in their face as they go past. I do not acknowledge you. Robbie Fowler, for one, didn't get on with him, which didn't surprise me. He's not even <laughs> Scout. What would you sign him for? He's not even a Scouser. I'll just expect him to score goals. <laughs> also, I can't understand if Hockey were saying. <laughs> you should have signed Rossi. <laughs> He's still, he'll score your goals. But hang on a minute. Ian Ross isn't even a scouser. You'll take that back, that's disgusting. <laughs> you should have signed John Aldridge. <laughs> He's about 50 odds, Robbie. It doesn't matter. You know, scousers can play to like 60, as well as normals can play to like 30. <laughs> I like to see this fantastic comedian last night called John Blickert. Who did not sign him? <laughs> um, you saw the sign, Philip Black. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, this is Manchester. You're not in Liverpool now. How dare you say that? My <laughs> agent told me it was an amazing sign. Liverpool's everywhere. <laughs> it's a state of mind. It can't be. It can't be controlled by geographical boundaries. <laughs> Speaking of live shows, there's still some tickets available for Liverpool. It's weird that. Mm. Okay, um, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I took the view if we signed a player of Anelka's reputation, we would have to accept him warts and all as long as he did the business every Saturday. And for the most part, his performance has made it worthwhile. Um so yeah, I mean that was that was the signing really. He got those goals for them, and that was what got them consolidated in the Premier League. Um, you know where they've stayed to this day. To be fair, mm. they didn't mm. go down again. They were that your your club. They had been down in the third tier, but they didn't go down again once Keegan yeah, but... had sort of put them on the right track. I know what you're going to well. say yeah, and then all the all the 
Ritual. And then they were they were born they were bought by a nation by an oil rich nation state. A nation state. Mm. But you know, Kev made them an appealing prospect. He made them an attractive purchase. I suppose so. Yeah. So you know, there was no guarantee. The new stadium helped too. There is that. Yeah. But it was mostly Kev. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Um. I went up and uh, interviewed Robbie Fowler at yeah. Man City's ground when he was um, at their training ground when he was playing for City. I had a right. great day out. A nice, there's not much to report. It was very, bo- it was very boring uh, interview, as most interviews with footballers are. Yeah. Um, all I remember is that he was slurping a bowl of <laughs> cornflakes throughout the entire interview. Out of, drinking out of the bowl? Did he drink drink the milk out of the bowl at the bottom? I think he, he did. Finished? It was really slurpy. It was super slurpy. <laughs> you can do that when you're a footballer. You don't have normal Funnily enough, behaviors. A, a couple of years after that, when I went to interview Joey Barton at QPR's training ground, he did the same thing. Two slurping. scousers, both eating cornflakes during an interview. Mm. Fucking weird, right? It's a scouse way. Maybe it's what they do where there's a Londoner going up. It's like an intimidation tactic. It wrong fucks the Cockney press. Get your Real wrong flakes fucks out. Them. Have a good slip. Yeah. <laughs> See how they like that? <laughs> <laughs> was the Fowler interview, was it one of them where you had to do a little plug for a type of boot at the end of the interview? No, was I think it was, a, it was his book. He had a book out. Oh, right, yeah. The other so one I had then. to do a plug for his book. <laughs> the yeah. other reason for doing an interview. He's heavily yeah. into... Um, what is it? Fucking property now, isn't it? You can go on a Robbie Fowler property investment course. Yeah, me and you have talked about actually we doing do it, that, weren't we? And then doing a deep dive and doing secret podcasts in the tea breaks. Going in disguise. Yeah, it's on our list of things we'll never do. <laughs> we don't do. have to disguise ourselves. I'd Why like would we though. have to disguise ourselves? Well, because it's All right. fun. <laughs> All right, we will. We'll go, go dressed as a couple of Arabs. <laughs> you can go as Dick, Dick Turpin. <laughs> Hello, I am Sheikh Al Dick Turpin. I am Arab Highwayman. <laughs> I am here to learn about British property market and investment opportunities from legendary footballer and investor, Mr. Robbie Fowler. I am this sh- is my associate. I am, I am Sheikh Fatty Makam. Uh, this is said- my mate, uh, Sheikh Fatty Makam. Makam. <laughs> he said he, he come along for the ride. And, and the buffet. <laughs> he said, I'm not so interested in investment opportunities, but sounds like it, it kept me out of house. Wife, she driving me up wall. <laughs> I, have, I have heard there might be chocolate chip muffins, complimentary. <laughs> we fly here on private jet. <laughs> um, where are we? Yeah, Nicholas and Elgar. And then he talks about another big signing, which was Peter Schmeichel, who got on a free transfer from Aston Villa. Um, and Schmeichel must have been about... Yeah, he says he was 38 at this point. Uh, he wasn't quite the player that he used to be. Uh, in training, he didn't want to do goalkeeper practice, which is fair enough, because he's Peter Schmeichel and he's 38. Yeah. He's kind of cracked goalkeeping at this point. Fuck that. You know, yeah, I've done goalkeeping. I want to do what I want to do now. And he said he wanted to just play in the five-a-side and see how many goals he could score. Because he did fancy himself as an outfield player, didn't he? Yeah. Fair enough then, Peter. <laughs> I've always trained like this, he told us. <laughs> he lied. <laughs> Our mm-hmm. goalkeeping coach, Peter Benetti, 
Peter the Cat Bernetti, yeah. uh, found it bewildering, and the other players hated it, because when they passed the ball to Schmeichel, he usually bounced off his shin and never came back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other players would shout, get him out of here, will you? Get him out of here, will you? But we let him train that way because at that stage of his career, after all those years at Old Trafford, it didn't feel right to change his routine. Then we get to Saturday and he would be immense. So Weird, isn't it, that this is Man- at the time Manchester's second club mm. and they built a spine of a team around former Liverpool and Manchester United mm. players. There's a bit because, of a, like a dad's army element to it, isn't there? Yeah, you've got, got McManaman in as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Richard Dunn, he was still there. Uh, the boost thing's still going on. He says, um, there wasn't a great deal of leniency in my mind when Richard Dunn turned up for training one day after all the warnings I'd given him and I realised he was hungover from the night before. Um, as far as I was concerned, that was him finished at City. I told him I was going to ban him for two weeks, fine him as much as I could, then recommend the club sack him. Uh, he was on thin ice already because he'd uh, received a warning for missing a training session. And um, even Gordon Taylor from the PFA turned up to try and fight Dunn's corner and get one last chance for him. Um, and Kev did change his mind. He gave Richard Dunn one final ultimatum and told him in the strongest possible terms, he either sorted himself out or he was on the scrap heap. Now look, Richard, I've fined you, I've banned you, I've threatened to sack you, I'm not sacking you, but next time, I'll sack you. I'll definitely yeah. sack you, right? <laughs> not like this time when I said I was going to sack you and then didn't sack you. One next last time, go. Next time, it's a sack, yeah. I'm going to tell you, it's very clear, and I've, I'm very firm on this now, you can get pissed up... <laughs> One more time, and I'm going to turn a blind eye to it. Twice, I will reprimand you again. Three times, I will try to sack you. <laughs> Stephen says here, he says, when I say last chance, I mean last chance, I told him. Not that last chance I gave you there before. That wasn't really a last chance. This is, though. This one is. Last chance is last chance. Jalapeño. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Jalapeño. Uh, and then he ends up driving Richard Dunn to a clinic just outside Manchester. Uh, and he says Dunn didn't want to go. He was adamant it wasn't necessary. Uh, but then he was seen by the professionals in the clinic. Might have been hypnotised. Don't know. Don't know what they're doing there. Never been in one of them places yet. Um, Richard brought down his weight by two stone. He stopped drinking and I watched full of admiration as he pulled himself back from the brink. He gave everything to get properly fit. And when he came back to the team, he was twice the player. Well, hey, Good. well done. Well done, Kev. No, it's a great story, that Richard Dunn. He got mm. his fucking head straight, didn't he? He did. So all you got to do is get your fucking head straight. Get your fucking head straight. Yeah. If everyone's listening to this and they've got any problems in life, get your fucking head straight. That's simple as get that. Get your head it? straight. Yeah. Ask yourself in the mirror, why do you drink? Answer, because it's a right laugh. Because I like it. It's tasty. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that's where the conversation ends because that sounds convincing. <laughs> it checks out. It, it checks out. I've got, no- I've got nothing. If that's your answer, I've got nothing. It's fucking cast iron. Because <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> it's a right laugh and it tastes nicer than fizzy pop. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, what else have we got? We finished ninth in our first season back in the top division. Oh, I should point out someone tweeted the other day that Kev still hasn't mentioned the Superstars bike crash which was in the late 70s. So I don't know whether he's saving that for later in the book. I think in the intro, he he sort of moans and says, oh, yeah, he's people, mentioned it. I've done all of these things, great achievements as a human being and a football man. But all people remember me for is quitting as England manager and falling off my bike. Yeah. But that's the only time he's mentioned it. He hasn't talked about it in detail. Yeah. Mm. About how much it hurt and about how much gravel he got in the, Cuts and gashes and all of that. How infected it got. He hasn't mentioned that. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I hope so. I love stories. I like anecdotes about um, flesh infections. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do a side side pod of uh, flesh Mm. infection stories. Um, And then, sad note, he talks about Mark Vivian Foyer, who of course died while he was playing for Cameroon in the Confederations Cup. And he he was a City player at the time. Was he? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, That must have been a blow. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, there was so much going on in that period. He was at Manchester City, and that was just one of the the many stories. He says, Mark Mark was exactly what we needed during his season on loan from Leon. He wasn't technically brilliant, but he was big, strong and physical, and nobody got past him easy. Um, He played 38 games for us and scored nine times, including two in a 3-0 defeat of Sunderland. Uh, the second one being the last ever goal scored by a City player at Main Road. There you go. <clears throat> he played for West Ham, Mark Vivian Foe, for a little while. Yeah. In fact, he was. Uh, we were his first club in England. Um, it's a shame. I mean, fucking hell. It happens periodically now, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It never mm-hmm. used to happen. Yeah. As far yeah. as I know. But in the last sort of 20 years, once in a while, feels like once a season... Some super seemingly super fit bastard just drops down dead in the middle of a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kev says more than anything, Mark was a nice, caring man. He used to send money back to Cameroon to look after his relatives, as well as funding his own academy. 
and he had at least a dozen people staying with him at his house in Manchester. Fucking hell. I can't stand it when three people come round just for a cup of tea. Yeah. My place is too much. <laughs> Twelve people living with you. Jesus. You know, I um, increasingly, I when people come to the house, like I like it. I like the idea of having a busy house and people feeling like they can pop round. But I increasingly make the time at which I just, without explanation, disappear up to the bedroom. <laughs> I've got it a podcast gets, to do. <laughs> it gets earlier and earlier and earlier um, <laughs> as the years go by. Like now people will come round and I'll sort of socialise for a little bit and then I'll just say, oh, I've just got to do something. And then I'll just fuck off upstairs and yeah. just lie there on the bed yeah. <laughs> until they've gone. Or if it was your father-in-law, he would just get in the scene, swim away. <laughs> now that was that was my that's not my father-in-law that's my mum's husband oh, my oh, stepdad your, your if stepdad, you will. yeah he was oh, the one fa- who swam for it yeah it's your father-in-law that's in hungary isn't it yeah okay well actually when he comes around i do that's one of the main although i I love him to bits he's one of the main people who i will just go to my bedroom <laughs> away from after a little while <laughs> i don't know why when when we um when me my mum was young and uh me dad was was courting her as it was mm. called then and he used to go around and and sit in my mum's living room with her parents yeah. as as they were doing those days when there was nowhere to go and stuff like that yeah, and it would get to like know. maybe 10 p.m. or something and my granddad would disappear off out of the living room and then come back in a couple of minutes later with his alarm clock and start winding up his alarm clock in front of everyone and start what as if say it's start, bedtime start fake yawning yeah as if sit right you can go out <laughs> I mean I like that though I respect that I mean it is a nightmare when people outstay their welcome I mean if anyone who ever visits my house is listening on the whole in most cases I think an hour is sufficient yeah and you will start a stopwatch when they enter yeah the worst is Christmas day like when we host Christmas at uh, Christmas day it's like if they come, it's quite good because they come to your house so you haven't got to get up and get out on Christmas Day. Yeah. But then after Christmas lunch, it's sort of like, right, we'll watch Live and Let Die, then you can fuck off. Hmm. But by the time people have got a few drinks inside them, I suppose they lose track of time. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Back to the Kevin Keegan Odyssey. <laughs> From Yeah. Christmas the anecdote he talks about a match where um, it was the um, an FA Cup replay at Spurs and they were 3-0 down after 43 minutes of the replay Uh, I knew it was going to be a challenging half time team talk to say the least we looked drained of confidence Um, Nicholas and Elka had gone off with an injury Spurs could have scored 6 I knew I had my work cut out. That isn't good enough, I started. You'd think they had two or three more players than us. Well, they've definitely got one more, someone interrupted. Joey Barton's just been sent off. He's told the referee to fuck off as we were coming down the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you could get away with that. No, you can get sent off at any time. No, but what I mean is telling the referee to fuck off is something that you used to at least. You You see it all the time. Yeah. You see, you, you can lip read them doing that every, any given fucking weekend. You will see someone shouting at a linesman or a referee, fuck off. Mm. 
and and I'm always astounded that the you know the it's never it's mm. not really ever met with a red card. Yeah, maybe it's maybe they see it as allowable in the heat of passion of you know. But if you during play, if you do it in the tunnel, it's premeditated. Yeah, exactly. I don't. You know. are being sent off, Joey Barton, for a premeditated fuck off. <laughs> ah, fuck off. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's the scout's way. <laughs> but they came back and they drew 3 3. Uh, Distan scored. Paul Bosvelt, remember him? He scored. Yeah. And then Sean Wright Phillips got an equaliser mid at 3 3. Uh, and then in the dying seconds, John Macken scored uh, and made it 4 3. John Macken. I'd signed Macken from Preston North End midway through the previous season. He was the third most expensive player of my time at the club, costing 5 million. Five million for John Mack, and even then, Christ Almighty! So yeah, and they won that four three with uh, with ten men. Classic Keegan. Uh, then Classic we drew, Keegan. Then we drew Manchester United in the next round and lost four two at Old Trafford, despite Gary Neville being sent off in the first half ahead, but in Steve McManaman. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Neville. Okay, now this is it. Football fan knows it's the goals that really stay with you thanks to their juddering emotional impact. In the new Life Goals podcast, football fanatics like Paul Hawksby, Kevin Day, Nick Hancock and Andy Dawson relive the eight defining goals of their lives and reflect on what was happening at the time as it all comes flooding back. The reason I've chosen this goal is it was probably one of the seminal moments of my life. Like a good football match, it veers from the poignant... That goal, it was almost like a dam burst. And I cried like a baby for five minutes. ...to the joyous... I went on the pitch and so did my mum and dad. (laughs) So, you know, if that doesn't tell you something... (laughs) And there's music too. I mean, I was into the Sex Pistols when I was five, Theo. Life Goals with me, Theo Delaney, is brought to you by the producers of Top Flight Time Machine. Subscribe now to ensure you get each new episode on release. This is it! And then he talks about Joey Barton. Because it was Joey came through into the first team during Keegan's time, so yeah. it was Keegan that was responsible for introducing Joey Barton to the world. Um, first time I saw him, he was playing for City's under-19s, and Arthur Cox asked me what I thought. Joey had spent the entire match running around kicking people, flying into silly tackles and trying to pick a fight with the opposition. He's a thug, were my exact words. But Arthur saw a decent player. I think he's got something, he said. (laughs) This is Arthur Cox, who, of course, got a letter uh, from a Newcastle fan once complaining about the way he was picking the team and the tactics and everything. So Arthur Cox invited the fan into the club, uh, invited him into his office and then locked the door (laughs) once he was in. (laughs) So you can see you can see why Arthur Cox might see something in Joey Barton, can't you? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I lo- like the lad's attitude. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like someone who'd sort something out man to man in a locked room. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> He's what I call a locked room kind of a character. <laughs> <laughs> There's two types of man in this world. A locked room man and an open door man. <laughs> I know which I fucking am. And I tell you what, Kev, I've got strong suspicions of what type you are. <laughs> uh, in my time with City, there was the infamous incident at the Christmas party when Joey stuck a lit cigar into the eye of another <laughs> young player, Jamie Tandy. <laughs> he stuck a lit cigar into the face of a child it was the, who was it, working the, for us as a footballer. 
It became known as the infamous incident at the Christmas party. <laughs> Which sounds like the title of a Harry Potter book. I know, but it was only all too real. <laughs> Harry Potter and the incident of the cigar stuck in the face at the Christmas party. And then Kev says, what he did that night was stupid and reckless and an embarrassment for the club. <laughs> but that was Joey. <laughs> <laughs> That was Joey. Well, Joey will be Joey, I suppose. <laughs> if you'd say to me, Kev, could you guess which one of your players has just stuck a lit cigar into one of the eyes of another one? Well, every time I'd say Joey Martin, isn't it? That's just Joey. <laughs> oh, it got to be old Joey, isn't it? I bet lit it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Three points to double K. I guessed right. <laughs> I started to realise he was going to be a regular visit to my office when Asa Hartford, one of City's coaches, came in one day to see he'd heard from a friend in the police that Joey was in trouble. Uh, apparently he's been in a car that smashed into a car showroom in Chorley and almost wrecked the place. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets worse. Oh, he's... what bells, bells. Oh, that's typical Joey. <laughs> oh, that's Joey for you. Chorley, you say? Oh, yeah, that's Joey. <laughs> if it had been altering him, I would have said, oh, I don't know. Might have been Paul Bosvelt, but no, Charlie. That's Joey. <laughs> a car show. I'm in Charlie. I'll be right there. Text got Joey, Joey written all over it. <laughs> and it gets worse. He's jumped out of the car and legged it. The police want to speak to him about leaving the scene of a crime. Uh, with a sense of foreboding, I brought in Joey. Tell me the truth here, Joey. Were you in Charlie last night? I could have strapped a polygraph to him, and I'm sure he would have given nothing away. Charlie. He replied with an expression of childlike innocence. No, Gaffer, I don't know anyone in Charlie. Are you sure? Absolutely. You didn't have an accident. I don't drive, Gaffer. You went drinking. Never drink, Gaffer. He gave a performance that Robert De Niro would have been proud of and more firmly, by the end of his little act, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Regardless to say he was sentenced to six months in prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we'll leave I it. I can there. see Robert De Niro playing Joey Barton oh, in a God, film yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Robert De Niro will do anything these days, won't he? Oh fuck me, yeah. Anything. He was in an advert for something like fucking Go Compare, wasn't he, the other well, it day? A, it's it's a car and he it's a, a the car's called the Nero or something and Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know, and he, he dresses up like a hipster, and it's... it's oh, know. yeah, it's really embarrassing. It's kind of it's the, good, because in the 80s, all these big celebrities would do adverts in Japan, and you'd only see them when yeah. Clive James unearthed them and put them on his show. Yeah. And they kind of hid away and did them on The Secret, but now YouTube's everywhere, so nothing can be hidden, so they'll just do these fucking things So anywhere. they're just like, fuck yeah. it, I'll do it here. He, he was on two at once. He was on a car one. And he was also on Warburton's oh, he did bread, as well yeah, he did for bagels. Yeah, yeah, yeah good luck. Which is, would be really low on my list of ones that I would guess Robert De Niro would advertise. Warburton's bread. Speaking as two men who will do literally anything in order to fund yeah. this podcast and our yeah. uh, increasingly exotic uh, foreign travel habits. Yeah, um, you know we do it. We do not, but. Are you saying that Warburton's made a fucking error of judgment by paying him all that money where they could have paid us less than half? Yeah, and got a better advert out of it. Yeah, I mean, for the sort of money he would have earned for that, I'd have probably fellated Sir John Warburton (laughs) himself as part of the advert, an advert they could show (laughs) after dark. That you would you would fillet the reanimated corpse of Sir John Warburton who died in eighteen ninety three. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's currently stored alongside Walt Disney. Hey, you know then I was uh, at my holiday compound at Club Med in France. Mm. I really annoyed my family throughout the week by telling them all the story of Sir John Club Med, founder <laughs> of Club Med, <laughs> who had a dream. He was an Englishman who had a dream of holiday camps dotted across France and yeah. beyond uh, that were all inclusive and had various sporting <laughs> activities available to them. Yeah. And I said this was created in 1872. And it really fucked them off. No one thought it was funny at all. Oh. They said, shut up about Sir John Club Med. Oh, right. But once I'd started it, I couldn't stop. The thing was, my brother kept trying to tell us the real story of the founder of Club Med. Oh, no. Something about him being a socialist who wanted after the war to give French people somewhere to relax during their holidays or mm. some something. And I just thought, oh, fuck off. No one's interested in this. I'm going to make some shit up about yeah. Sir John Club Med. But they weren't having it. I mean, I used to do I that think- when my daughter was young. I used to do the whole Sir John 1862 thing with everything. And I told yeah. her the other day that I've started doing it on the podcast and she was like, ugh, you're so oh, embarrassing, yeah. Dad. Ugh. Yeah. God. Anyway, my daughter hates and resents everything to do with this podcast. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> she just thinks it's stupid, disgusting. <clears throat> I waste too much time on it. She thinks it is awful, yeah. uh, it, that it's degrading. All, all the worst things she could possibly say about it, she yeah. says. Um, and she's, you know, She's negging you. I think she likes it, really. Yeah, maybe it's that. Reflect the glory. She's trying to get attention. She's just trying to get attention from me. Because Daddy's always in his bedroom talking into his northern friend on the microphone. To his to, <laughs> to his friend with the strange voice. <laughs> right, that's enough of this episode. Because <laughs> we've got a live show to prepare for. And this episode's a deal here anyway. Sorry about that. Um, we'll be back with another one next week. Thanks for listening. TTFN. See ya. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.